Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. Last week I spent a few days at Monterey Auto Week. I've been many times and I had the pleasure of speaking to two uh, people at the Auto Week. I really got a kick out of both of them. The first day we spoke to Todd Lappin who bought a Japanese fire truck and he was uh, located and a little car show in Pacific Grove, and it was a treat to speak to him, and we have uh, him as a guest on our previous uh, podcast. But the next day, I went over to Laguna Seca, and I met a gentleman from New Hampshire, and his name is Nathaniel Green, and Nathaniel Green was equally a treat to speak to. (laughs) He's um, a man who, as a young boy, took a fascination with cars, and he visited his grandmother one day in New Hampshire and saw a Bugatti uh, driving down the street. And many years later, he bought the first of his three Bugattis. He, for years, has driven a 1925 Bugatti Type 35 at vintage racing uh, shows and exhibitions and competitions. And he was at Laguna Seca this past week. And he, and he drove his Bugatti five straight days. So our episode this week is my discussion. It's about 30 minutes uh, talking with this wonderful man from New Hampshire who uh, bought this car in parts for $150,000 uh, in 1997 and put it together and his, has been driving his uh, Bugatti uh, now worth more than a million dollars um, for years and years and years, more than 500 laps uh, at Laguna Seca alone. So welcome to our podcast and my interview with um, 80-year-old Nathaniel Green, who uh, in a few weeks will be uh, taking his Bugatti to Watkin- Watkins Glen in New York and driving it there. I know a little bit about Bugatti. And I know mostly because I'm a little bit younger, and I've heard of the Veyron and all the land speed records. And then when I started looking up your car and saw that it won thousands of races, what brought you to this particular vehicle, if you can kind of condense it? I know it must be a very long story, and that's fine, but this is one of the original deals here. Yes. So why don't you tell me uh, what the interest was and how long you've had it? Well, I've been interested in cars since... Ever. Since ever. Okay. And? And let's see, I must have been 12 or 14. Yes. Uh, My grandmother had a house in New Hampshire. Uh Uh-huh. And one day there was this little car going whoom down the street. (laughs) Yeah. And then come back, whoom, going the other way. Yeah. Several different times. So that's really fantastic. What is this? Yeah. I had no idea at the time. Yes. Okay, so then jump forward at least 20 years. Yes. I buy my grandmother's house. Oh. I get to know the neighbor. Yes. He had bought a Bugatti Type 43 uh-huh. in 1952. I see. And was a great car enthusiast and Bugatti enthusiast. Yes. And his car was actually one that a friend of his had given him to sell. Okay. And they were road testing it that day before okay. it got sold. 
I of course, now in England, and is raced incredibly successfully by probably the best single Ducati racer in the world. Yeah. He's actually the same guy who makes the tires for this car. I see. Is this the first year? I'm sorry? What, this, this is a very early... This, this is, is 1925. Five. The first ones were 24. 24, thank you. Yeah. Uh -huh. So go ahead. The first race was at Lyon. In Lyon, yeah. Uh, in France. And yes. The tires on that on those cars they had a, a fleet of I think five. Oh, um, five. The tires were not up to snuff. Yeah. We were coming apart during the race. Oh my God. <laughs> so Bugatti, one of them came in. And Bugatti went personally and put his hand on the car, which automatically disqualified him because any work on the car had to be done by the driver. Oh my God. <laughs> so he basically withdrew the cars from the race. Um, but it went on to be incredibly successful. Yes, I saw that a lot. Bugatti, until fairly recently, Bugatti's have won more races than any of them made in the car. But they've been passed by Porsche. They've been passed by Porsche, okay. And the reason is that Bugatti would sell a car to anybody who wanted to buy one. I see. So there were a lot of them made. There were more than 100, uh, like 35. That doesn't sound like many. Well, at the time it was. It wasn't, but then there were 35 A's and there were I see. 37s and 37 A's. And so the list went on. I see. I don't know how many. Actually. That's good. Two we're doing a little bit of an interview. Yeah. That's, 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 that's okay. I can answer questions later. Yeah. Thanks anytime. Sorry for that. Be so abrupt. Sorry. No, no worries at all. Um, when did you purchase the car? So I bought it in 1997. 97. It was all in parts. Is that right? It had been taken apart 20 years earlier, and the guy bought another car, and he concentrated on that, and this one got pushed to the back, and yes. nothing was done for a long time. And I came along and said I'd buy it, and he said, okay. Do you share that? Do you share that exchange in terms of <laughs> the, the dollars and cents that exchanged hands, or is that private? Well, I paid one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Did you? In parts. In parts. But it's its own real car. So. Yes. Through the years, this is an unrestored. I'm doing an interview. Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right. Yeah. That's all right. Um, it, it's unrestored. No, it's definitely restored. It's definitely restored. It's all in pieces. Restored. Is totally there, restored are there six, to look unrestored. To, oh, that's what I was getting at, to look unrestored. Thank you. <laughs> that's a, it's a, a category unto itself. That's right. And these people, um, Ivan Dutton and company in England, yes. uh, do magic that way. And they can unrestore a car, if <laughs> you will. Pardon my naivete. I had yeah. no idea. That's, that's to, great. To, I mean, to make it even, it's really hard to make it look even so that one part isn't more distressed than the next. Gotcha. Did, and and uh, what part of the mechanical world are you are you very skilled? Not so skilled? Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much skilled. I don't do a lot of work on this car. Yeah, I see. I have a couple of other Bugattis. Do you? The 49 I've had. This is yours also? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I've had that all apart, the engine. Uh-huh. And then the Russia, the first car I bought, I do almost all my own a lot of guys um, in my mid 67 and a lot of guys uh, who know of cars I don't um, their fathers or grandfathers or uncles worked on cars did you learn on your own or did you have somebody in the family who taught you what to do um, well it's kind of a little indirectly my father 
was an engineer. Yes. And my degree is mechanical engineering. Okay. He wasn't much interested in cars. This I see. Thing was steam. I see. But, uh, yeah, I, I used to think that I, by the time I was 12 or 15, I didn't own anything that I hadn't taken apart and put back together. Is that right? Where is your degree from? I'm sorry? Where did you go to cool, school? Oh, to Yale. Oh, you went to Yale. Okay, okay. Um, where do you live? In Peterborough, New Hampshire. Oh, you do? Yeah. How did the, did you come out in this with the car? Or did you no, fly? no, no. The car's been living out here for several years now, actually. Okay, when you say here, do you mind sharing where? In, in Sonoma. In Sonoma, okay. Um, <clears throat> now, um, can I ask your age? I'm 80. 80. And when, you, when you're in this car as an 80-year-old man or as a 65 or as a 35 or as a 25 or whatever, how does it affect your body when you're on a track? Does it, does it take its toll? Yes, I mean, you got to concentrate pretty thoroughly. Yes. Uh, when it's hot, you know, you're racing certain <laughs> stuff, it's hot. Yes, yes. But you don't think too much about it because you're really concentrating on driving the car. Right. I mean, you're 80 and you look pretty physically fit. Do you have to exercise and do stuff yeah, like that? I've only recently given up helicopter skiing. So. Helicopter skiing? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you're, pretty, you're pretty fit. Um, I know it's because of COVID, but I think I probably won't go back. Okay. Um, you have a historic shirt on. That's yes, quite a while ago. Quite a few of these. Yeah. So how many times do you know offhand you've raced here forever? With Peter here forever? First year was 2002. Okay, and, and most years, yes. most years, COVID of course interrupted some. Um, and did you always use this car, or did you only race this car? Okay. Um, Sunday is this new event, this hill climb. Yes. And you'll have the oldest car, and I'm assuming you'll be the oldest person in it. I, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know who the entries are. <laughs> and and what what does that mean to you? What what challenge does that present? You obviously you're in reverse of the course. Yeah. You're going to go up to the hill, the corkscrew. What what do you what do you make of that? It's a very different sort of race. And I've done hill climbs before. Yes. In fact, east in particular in England. Yes. Yes. So it's it's a short sprint race. Yes. The tricky thing is this: is nobody's ever driven this course before. That's right. So we're going to have one practice run. One practice run. And okay. I know the corners, you know, intimately well. I've been 500, I've been a lot more than 500 laps here. Yeah, but in Down the other the direction. Yeah, never up. Never up the course. Gear selection and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Totally different. That's fantastic. Um, there are 60 cars in the event, I think. There, obviously, there's no prize money. It's all, it's all it's honor, fun. prestige, and fun. Um, and they're going to take eight, I think, to the whatever the grand finale, whatever they're going to call it. Okay, I heard about that. They're going to take eight now. Is it? I don't even know if it's based on time. Is it based on subjective? Do you know how they're going to pick? No idea. Oh, no. Okay, I got you. I've been told there were two runs. Okay. <laughs> even better. What um, kind of engine does this car have in it, and um, what mechanically, what should I know about this car? Okay, uh, it's a two-liter straight eight. Mm -hmm. uh, it looks, you know, it was open. Uh, I'll open it up again. Uh -huh. uh, you know, it's a very sculptural engine on the outside. It looks very simple. Yes. But the complication is all inside. I see. And inside, it's amazingly sophisticated. Uh, 
the the crankshaft is an incredible work of art. I see. Because the most cars, the connecting rods are made in two pieces, and you bolt them together around the crankshaft. Yes. In this car, the connecting rod is one piece, and the crankshaft is built up around the uh, connecting rod. And I, I actually, I should know how many parts. It's hundreds of parts. Hundreds of parts. In the gotcha. crankshaft. And it takes a skilled man a week to build it up the first time. But it's designed so that you can't build it up with the connecting rods on. So you have to take the whole thing apart, put the connecting rods on, mm -hmm. put it all back together, and it all comes back together within two thousandths of an inch. Would it it's be just an, incredible. Would it be an insult to say that Bugatti is kind of like a fine Swiss watch, but, yes. it's, but it's not Absolutely. It's not Swiss? <laughs> it's, all, all, it's completely ball and roll bearing. Gotcha. There are no friction barriers in that. Gotcha. So everything is, uh, is basically friction, to reduce friction. You've done 500 laps on, you said, approximately on this track. Where else do you take the car? Yeah, well, three weeks we'll be at Watkins Glen. Wonderful. Never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Road America and Mont Tremblant. Yes. Uh huh. With a Bugatti, basically, they have a vintage race. You fall up and you're pretty well in. Right. Now, these other Bugattis across the way, I see some. They're obviously newer and. and um, you know, this one is over here is yeah. more a touring car. Touring car, gotcha. They, you can race. It's a, it's a very special <clears throat> low chassis. Gotcha. Or, uh, the Type 37A down here is a horse. Okay. With a, uh, a blower. With a What? What do you make of Ettore Bugatti? What what what's, what was his? Um, I mean, obviously he was made Bugatti, but what was his, what was? I'm sure you've studied him. What kind of a a person or a man was he? Well, I guess you know he came from a family of artists in Milan. Yes. He was born in Milan. Yes. Uh, had artis artistic capabilities. Uh -huh. Clearly from the very beginning. Gotcha. Um, he was fascinated with motor cars. At the age of something like 15, he won his first race. I see. By putting two single-cylinder engines on a three-wheel tricycle, <laughs> which normally only had one engine. Yes. And won the race. Mm -hmm. And at age 20, he moved to what was then Germany, in Alsace. Okay. And went to work for Deutz and a couple yes. of other companies. Yes. And then he set up his own company in, in Alsace, which was part of Germany. At yes, time. yes. And this is before the First World War. Now it's France, right? And then yes. after, the French, after the war, it became French. Gotcha. So he's an Italian building cars in Germany, yes. which becomes France. Now that's a, yeah, that's, that's wild. <clears throat> Then he went on, and he was an incredibly um, broad-based inventor. And this still, to this day, is a, an instrument used in maternity wards for delivering babies, which is called a begotten. And it's a special tool that he used to help get the baby out. Really? That's good, Lord. And 
If you fly in an Airbus airplane, yes, those the landing gear, yes, is almost certainly made by Bugatti in the Bugatti factory where this car was made. It's Good still there, still going, still says Bugatti on the inside. Yeah. You know the German Bugatti people set up almost next door. Gotcha. But the original Bugatti factory is still there. Yes. Um, so I mean, airplanes, boats, uh, rail cars, invented steam engines, locomotives. Uh, all, all, all thanks all, to him. All this kind of stuff. Yeah. When did when did he pass away? Uh, 1947. 47. Does he have relatives still around? Yes. Oh, yeah. His granddaughter was very much. See, he was married and had three children. I see. Okay. By his first wife. Gotcha. And then he sort of eventually divorced her. Yeah, eventually. It's a long, <laughs> long story, and he married. I imagine. Yeah. Married another woman who yes. was a lot younger than he was. And I see. Two more children. Gotcha. Caroline's father is still around. Thank you, Dave. She's very active in the Bugatti world. Gotcha. Um, when I see these gentlemen with toolboxes, when yes. something goes wrong on this vehicle, which I'm sure it does from time to time, um, as modern day parts can work on this car, or do you need some? Yeah, virtually everything is available because there's so many of these were made. They're very popular car in the collector world. Yes, and there are a lot. This one is unusually original, but there is everything from yeah. replacing a few parts to yes. building up an entire car from the ground from scratch, which will look virtually original. It takes a real expert to tell the difference. Yeah. So, I have a one way or another, virtually every single part of this car is still made. Is that right? Um, how many are available today, do you think? How many are around of these? Um, I should know this one is much better. I'd say between 200 and 250. Okay. And In various different guises. Yes. Yes. This is no supercharger. A lot of people put superchargers is that right? cars that didn't have them originally. What does it mean for you? You're 80 years old. You're driving a car that's almost 100 years old. What does it mean to you to be at Laguna Seca or Watkins Glen to, to be participating, competing in this car? What, is, what, what must that mean to you? Well, it's a terrific feeling. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yes. It's a lot, a lot of fun to show what the car can do. Yesterday, we practiced actually not as fifth fastest. That was what? I was fifth fastest. You were? Yes. In the old, in the old not in old that, drivers, in but that in, that the, in that group. And what group was it in? Yeah, what is it's it? It's group six. Group six, okay. Yeah. So okay. it's the, theoretically the pre war, but most of the cars were actually post war. The second war. Yes. Have you ever been hurt in the car? No. Nope, never done it. That's phenomenal. Um, if you paid $150,000, sometimes you hear about people, they've got a Rambler American, they've got an old Porsche, they've got a whatever, and they're they're at a shopping mall and somebody puts a, their business card in and says, contact me, I want to buy your car. Has that happened to you? And would you ever sell it? And have well, you been offered? Have, it's up to you. Have you ever thought of selling? Yes. <laughs> Excuse me. 
Sure. <coughs> Bless you. Yeah, my answer is no. But eventually that will solve Yeah. Do you have heirs? Do you have people who are like grandkids? Nobody's either interested or incapable. It just takes a fair bit of money to support it. I would imagine. What was your What was your career in? You went to Yale? I was an investment manager. Investment manager? Yeah, I had an engineering degree, but that yes. only lasted a year and a half. Yes. And on the East Coast, you were in investments in the East Coast? Uh, the first 10 years were in New York City, and then I was in San Francisco before. Okay. With Hamburg and Quist. Okay. Yeah, my dad, my sister was a lawyer uh, in SF for Derby Cook, Quinby and Tweet, uh, and uh, that was brought out. My dad was with Kemper, an insurance executive on Montgomery Street for forever, you know. Yeah, we were at 235 Montgomery There you go. I forgot his address, but, you know, I lived in Walnut Creek, so we would go in and we could smell the... Those Folgers or Hills Brothers coffee going across the bridge, you know, and went to, uh, and my dad exactly. passed away a long time ago, but. On a, on, a, on a rare street, we'd go to Tattus Grill. My favorite, you know, Tattus Grill is phenomenal. I don't know if you've never, you probably dined there hundreds of times. I tend to screw. That's what was my was my favorite. Um, then I uh, <clears throat> yes. From here I moved back to Boston. Oh, you did. I can I can tell in your accent, yeah. Yeah. But that's where. That, and you live now again. Where? In New Hampshire. In New Hampshire. Where? where? Peterborough, New Hampshire. Peterborough. Okay. Um, I'm 67, and I noticed as a just a regular average front of the mill driver that uh, my night driving is a little off. My reaction time's a little slower. I let the other guys go by me. Sometimes I fight it a little bit. As an 80-year-old driver, what do you, what's your daily driver, and has has your driving abilities changed through the years? Um, well, I agree that your, your vision contrasts. Yes. It starts to fade away, and I've noticed that. I don't think my reaction speed has slowed at all. I see. And, and your daily Certainly not for driving this. Right. <coughs> daily drivers. Daily drivers. Well, actually, I have two. I have a... <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> no, I have a Subaru Outback. Love it. Great cars, yeah. And a Volkswagen uh, Sport Wagon Diesel. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I... So when the... <clears throat> it's a 2015. Yes. So when the... Folks, when the diesel thing yes, came Yes, diesel gate, yeah. You know, they had to <clears throat> enclose all the cars in a locked fence. Yeah. They sat there for two years, and then I watched when they came up, so I always wanted to. And <clears throat> so I was the first person into the dealership. Oh, fantastic. When the press release came out, and so I walked out and had my choice of 20-something cars. Oh, it's great. And then you have this one, you have the one next to it, Yes. and, and you have others as I well. I Type 23. Okay. Which is a uh, four-seater, sort of four-seater. It's the first. It's called a Brescia. Uh -huh. Bugatti really get, broke into the racing scene in 1921. So I see. When his cars took first, second, third, and fourth places My gosh. in the first Italian Grand Prix, and so they called the car Brescia. I see. After that, and all of the descendants. So you can, basically, this is mine is a touring car, but you can take parts off it and put it on the racing car and, uh, back and forth. Pretty entertaining. Gotcha. What was what was it I was hearing about 
in, in Le Mans, the, uh, the cars had to have a windshield. Yes. And so... Um, well, they had to have a windshield. Yes. The rules changed here and there. Yeah. But you always had to have wings, no, no open wheels. I see. Uh, you have to have headlamps because you're racing at night. Yes. And you have to carry at least one passenger, and for a while it's four, it four places. That's right. Have you visited these famous places like the Nuremberg Ring and Noma? Have you I've driven around the Nuremberg Ring and I've slid off the Nuremberg Ring? <laughs> in this car or in no, no, that was in a Triumph. A Triumph, okay. And uh, but, <clears throat> let's see, this car has done the Mille Miglia twice. Oh, great! In Italy. Yes, with you. Thousand miles. In, in, with you. Hours. Did you did it? I did it. Yeah. yeah. It's finished both times. Congratulations. Yeah. They're having one, I think, like a, a qualifier in the U.S. this year, some sort of a, a mini. Well, they've, yeah, they've, had, <clears throat> they've had a few of those, maybe? Sort of promotional things here. Yeah. Um, there's a California middle. There you go. Which is run out of San Francisco. Uh huh. The one in Italy, the is, way they ran it originally, yes. is really the one. Now it's a lot more commercial. They stretched out over four days. So okay. You don't have to drive from Rome all the way back to Russia. I got gotcha. you. Um, <clears throat> this is your this is your car for twenty, almost twenty five years now. Yeah. When you look around and you go to an event like this, do you ever say, hmm, I got the Bugatti, but I think I want this is any interest in the other kinds? This is this is the best of the best. For racing. I think yeah, the, the pre-war group yes. is very easy because everybody really respects <laughs> oh. respect the cars much more than the more modern cars that are worthless. I see. So everybody's really careful. Gotcha. gotcha. And in some ways, it's sort of high-speed driving around the track, not so much racing. Gotcha. I'm never going to win. No. I know that. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't care, really. You don't care, I suppose. Uh, it's the experience. Yeah. Yeah. There, there. I was unaware of this, and it's again, I, I learn as I go. But uh, they have stewards, and um, do they really? Participate, and did they might say, "Hey, Nathaniel, you know, you took that too high or too low, or what? What would a steward do in your class, if anything? Or is it just they leave us alone unless we do something wrong?" I see. Okay. And then they'll come over and have a word with you. Yeah. Ever happened? Um, they came after me once because I said I'd hit somebody, but it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Um, a couple of other things you don't have to answer. Do you still have a family? Do you have a family? Do you have a family? I have a wife. Yeah. Wife, she's wife, but I've never had children. Yeah, I never have either, but she's alive. Oh, very much so, yes. Oh, great. Yeah. And she's, is your age? She'll be coming by sometime soon. Gotcha. And when did you guys come out, and how did you, did you fly out, drive? We flew out, yeah. Okay. All right. We got here Monday. And, where, and did you stay in the Carmel uh, area? Carmel Valley. Carmel it's Valley. It's much quieter. It's much quieter, yeah. It's like crazy. Los Lorales Lodge yeah. is a wonderful place. I don't know if you've ever gone by now. What does number 11 signify, if anything? What's the? It's easy to paint on. Oh. <laughs> I asked for four, yeah. 11, or seven. Because they're, they're four is not easy. Lines. Oh, straight lines. Yeah, okay. So we, we paint the numbers on. I see. Because that's what they do in the day. Uh, so that's another piece of the image of 
car. Then you got 11. So, yeah. You have two lines to worry about. Yeah. And even if you make a little mistake, it's okay. It doesn't matter. Tell me something I haven't asked, uh, something I should know about this car as a layperson. What, what, um, other than its significance as the race car, is there something I should really be, I'm probably looking right at it that I just don't understand or should get? One of the things, uh, perhaps, is uh, one of the reasons these cars were <clears throat> so successful in yes. the day. Yes. It's because they were never the most powerful. <coughs> you can please take a drink if you need to. No. They were never the fastest. Yes. <clears throat> but they are easily the, the easiest car to drive. So oh. the races were generally three to five hundred miles. They were really long. Long races, yes. And so things like Maseratis would just simply wear the drivers out and they'd be exhausted at the end. Okay. This car is so much easier to drive. And that's because <clears throat> everything about it is more slight. And basically, Bugatti had the same philosophy as uh, Colin Chapman at Lotus, which is make it lighter. Make it lighter. Okay. So this car weighs what? 1,700 pounds. Okay. That would be ten, maybe like a Volkswagen Bug. I don't yeah. know. Something like very light. Something, yeah. Very light. And Maserati. First day, it was a very light car. And Maserati in a comparable era would weigh twice as much or a few hundred pounds more? Actually, well, this car wouldn't have so much weight to Maserati. <coughs> the later derivations of it, certainly. I see. The gearbox is wonderful. Very easy to shift. What kind of gearing does it have? Steering is. It, it shifts and what? It's forcing. 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 Is it a million? Is it worth a million dollars? It probably is not. Yeah. Much attention. No, I can't imagine. Um, but as an original car. Yes. I mean, it doesn't have any race history because I don't know the first 10 years. Uh, by 1934. I see. By yeah. uh, 1934, uh, when it showed up in England, and we know all the history after uh -huh. that, uh, it was totally outmoded as race cars. So I see. It's not race. Tell me again, so I have it in my mind correct, how you found it, and uh, what when you say pieces, a lot of pieces? Yeah, it was completely, completely apart. Completely apart, okay. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it belonged to a Bugatti repair shop, the owner of you got a repair shop in Boston. I see. How could he not he, want? He owned it for 20 or 25 years. I see. And just he grew tired of it. Yeah. <coughs> he bought other cars. He was just a dealer. He's still here. Still working. Uh, and how long did it take you to make it? In well, it's 97 to 2002, so it's five years. Five years. And you were still employed then, or were you the side pro hobby? Well, or? Yeah, I was very much employed then. Yeah. Okay, that's 25 years. Okay, yeah. sure, sure. And how long have you been retired? How long have you been retired? Uh, since 2004. That's 18 years. Congratulations, that's wonderful. That's great. Well, thank you for your time, sir. Okay. Um, I don't know. They might send another a, a professional photographer. And you raced yesterday. You, you went on a practice yesterday. We had practice yesterday. And today at 11. Qualifier at 11:30. Five minutes to 12. Okay. And then Sunday. Are you going to go tomorrow? Saturday. Well? Or Friday is a qualifying race. Qualifying race. And then Saturday is the big race. Yes. <laughs> Sunday is the old one. So you're going to be in the car four days. Five, five, five days. Five days. Five days.
I'm just flabbergasted. I, I'm I'm a pretty talkative guy, and I, I don't know what to say. It's just it's like you just want to do. Like, <laughs> oh, thank you. We hope you enjoy the podcast. If you like what we do, we have a Patreon uh, donation button on the bottom of my website, theweeklydriver.com. We appreciate all contributions. My co-host, Bruce Aldridge, and I have been doing the podcast now for more than four years. So if you like what we do, uh, please consider making a donation and checking out my site. Again, it's www.theweeklydriver.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.